1: right blues my name is steve Whitman. joined as always by emily cannell and dan volpone emily i'm going to start with you getting right into it do you prefer barbecue sauce or hot sauce neither neither i love, because you prefer white condiments right? and like bland a, food you like a you like a ranch dressing you like a mayonnaise and you like a blue cheese dressing is that mm-hmm. right
2: yeah yeah i don't like really I really, I really don't like either of them, to, uh, the barbecue sauce. I had like gun to my head, but neither,
1: neither. Okay. Could not disagree more with any of your, uh, <laughs> any opinions. of my food. Taste. Yeah. But of the things that I mentioned, which would be your favorite? What? Those white condiments.
2: Ranch dressing.
1: Ranch is your yes. number one. Ranch breed is, breed. is a goat. Do you put it on everything, including, like, pizza and shit like that?
2: Oh, yeah. Pizza, french fries, salad.
1: Absolutely horrifying. Moving uh, on to Dan. Chicken wings. Please stop. <laughs> um, Dan, Dan, um, Dan, actually, chicken wings is very, that's a common.
2: I'm trying to think of other things I put ranch dressing on. Like, dirty rice. You ever have dirty rice?
1: What does that mean? You drop It's like it? a
2: box of mix that <laughs> you get at the store. Uncle Ben's.
1: Uncle Ben, I think, is out of fashion. Zatarans,
2: <laughs> Zatarans, Yeah. And it's like spicy rice that you make with ground beef and put French dressing on that too.
1: Huh. <laughs> I don't, I think that, that <laughs> I think you literally might be the only person, you might have corrupted Jordi into doing that. But no, he hates like he, white
2: condiments. He hates white condiments.
1: That's great. Well, you might be the only person that does that. Have you, you heard of anybody <laughs> else doing that?
2: Me or Dan? You. Certainly oh, you. my dad yeah. does it. Okay. So this he is also doesn't like spicy food.
1: Great. So, okay. All right. And all right. I can't even keep going with this. Um, Dan, uh, hot saucer or uh,
3: barbecue sauce? How do you feel? Barbecue sauce. <laughs> okay. Easy great. answer. I don't, like, I don't like spicy. I can't tolerate it. So... I'm a big baby about spicy foods. and I mean, mm-hmm. like barbecue sauce a lot. Okay,
1: I love a I love a spicy, and I and I use hot sauce every single morning.
2: So you like Tabasco or like Cholula? Like, what's your go? I skin? use
1: these days. Sometimes I switch it up, but these days I use Valentina extra oh. hot sauce.
2: Do ever um, use the Red Clay? Isn't that one? Mm, That's a popular I don't know one. That is. I don't know. We've got lots of hot sauces at our house. None
1: for me. Because of Jordy. no, yeah, Jordy. None of them are for me. Got it. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel. Moving on. Sixers. Uh, NBA draft was on Thursday. Um, Emily was... Uh, thank you very much. Staff here is great. That's as hot as I've ever felt anything in my life. What did Gab um, make for dinner? Gab just brought over some tea. Thank oh, you. tea.
2: Um, I thought it was food. Um,
1: <laughs> calding but thank you um, <laughs> um anyway the draft was on thursday um we had a guest prior to that so emily uh, of course conscientious objected to that so she did not show up i listened um, to the podcast and i
2: got all kinds of information that i didn't need because the stasers drafted no one no, yeah
1: they, they drafted no one they
3: which played, we kind of knew they would
1: right um they traded the number 23 uh, pick uh, with Danny Green, who we'll, we'll say farewell to. Um, and uh, to Memphis, not to Houston for Eric Gordon, who we'll talk about. To Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. Um, so I'd love to hear uh, immediate reactions to this. We'll talk in depth about Melton. But overall about this trade, they you know Danny obviously has a torn MCL and LCL ACL. or ACL. I don't know. LCL. for his knee. and and uh, so, yeah, is not going to play for them until probably right around the playoffs. And they traded him and the 23rd pick uh, to Memphis for D'Anthony Melton. Emily, what's your immediate reaction to that trade?
2: Um, I don't really know anything about D'Anthony Melton because I don't watch a lot of teams other than the Sixers. However, the smarter people than me on Twitter seem to think it was really cool. And I tried to do research today to find like fun facts about D'Anthony Melton. And I couldn't find any. So I'm looking forward to him being on the 85 Sixers podcast that the Sixers staff does. So I can learn like what his favorite TV show is and what restaurants he likes and all the things that I actually care about.
1: Okay, great. Um, I love that. I'm sure he'll do the podcast um, and ours. Dan, uh, what about you? What was your, uh, you know, you and I actually found out about this um, at the same time. Talking to that guest, uh, Trill. Um,
3: what about you? What What is your reaction to this trade? Yeah, I mean, I love it, right? Like, I it can't be the end, and I don't think it's the end of what the what the Sixers try to do this off season. Um, but it's it's a huge it's a it's a huge get for them. I mean to have a guard who can shoot, who can defend, who is athletic to come off the bench, you know, and maybe, you know, occasionally play alongside Maxie and Harden in these small ball lineups and still, you know, not cash, not have cashed in all of their offseason chips to get him. I mean, Melton's better than anyone I expected them to come away with. Not forget about the draft. We don't do draft stuff. Um, but even, you know, with the players, I thought, you know, are they going to set themselves up to a hundred percent chance to get PJ Tucker? Right? Do they have some kind of guarantee? Are they going to come away with with Eric Gordon? And Melton is better than either of those players. And you know, they have you know more to go. But I think it's big that they didn't have to uh, you know cash in all of their all of their flexibility to get Melton. And then it's like, what's next? Because You know, that's kind of what it seemed like they were going to do to free up space for Tucker even, where it was like, you're really going to trade like 23, Danny Green, Matisse, whatever, for like, basically as little as possible just to sign PJ Tucker. Well, they're already talking about, you know, people, Mark Stein in his newsletter today said teams still think the Sixers come away with Tucker, which, unless they're going to salary dump, like, Cork, Maz, Shake, and Matisse probably means Tobias is gone, if that's actually likely, but... You know, all of this is still in play. They still have Matisse, who someone probably would at least give a positive asset for. You know, they they yeah they gave up Green, um, but and twenty three. But you know, Shake is still here. Um, they didn't use the MLE yet, right? Like, they they still have that MLE to go use if they if they free up this um, if they can get under the tax uh, for Tucker. And if they don't, then they still have the um, they still have the taxpayers MLE, which is you know half as much. And they could get a decent player with that. So uh you know i didn't i'm also excited that we didn't end the draft we, we not only did we get a good player a, a very a very good player but we didn't leave the draft with you know kind of disappointment going into free agency like huh like that was it that was the move and that's kind of it huh can this team compete or what like you know it it still feels like there's a lot of moves that could be made and i'm very excited with with who we got i mean the i think they dropped the last three like like you know team's all the games are weird. I almost want to not count them at the end of the regular season, but they started the year. Morant missed 25 games this year and the Grizzlies were 20 and two without him before losing their last three games. He missed and they ended up 25, which is still phenomenal. And that was, that was D'Anthony Melton, you know, starting in his place. And I'm not saying he's better than Morant, but like he's clearly a really good player, right? Like he, he, you know, he won't play, he won't play, you know, 35 minutes a game on the Sixers, but he'll play, In the 20s and he'll be really helpful so i'm very excited
1: yeah and i mean the what i've been reading about him and knew about him somewhat is that really really good defender point of attack defender he um there are a lot of stats that have been going around about him but very good three-point shooter as well um, over the last two seasons combined, 29 players have accumulated at least 200 steals and blocks and made at least 203 pointers. No one did it in fewer minutes than D'Anthony. Melton. Melton is the only one of those 29 to start fewer than 60 games. He started 16. Um, now he's not so much going to be your Danny replacement because um, he's a guard. So he's, you know, he's not going to slot into the three and, and uh, you know he will play, I'm sure, some minutes with Harden and Maxi because um, he's a really good defender, and Harden will guard. You know, because Harden's like six 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 five, he can guard some threes, um, and he's strong. Um, but
3: Melton has a six eight wingspan, so right, he could guard up on the right player, probably a thinner player.
1: Right. Um, so you know, like you were saying, we'll talk a little bit later about the PJ Tucker stuff. There's a lot of smoke there. Um, but it's a, it's a really good move to see them get a guy that young, um, on a really good contract. Um, you know, again, we'll talk more about the taxpayer mid-level exception thing and the, you know, cause it complicates that a little bit at face value. Um, but just getting a guy that young, who's that productive, um, for a guy who really wasn't going to play for them this year, I think they were going to waive Danny if they couldn't trade him on draft night. Um, but they were able to go ahead and trade him for a guy like Melton, who's been so helpful for a team like the Grizzlies, who, you know, have so many, uh, so many good guys. So uh that was great. Um, they also went ahead and signed who did they they as a two-way, they signed Julian Champagny. Right. Julian,
3: Julian Champagne, Julian Champagne, brother of John. You know this guy who is well he's He went to St. John's. He is the brother of Justin Champagne, who went to Pitt and was with the Raptors last year. Um, He is, uh, I I, um, haven't seen a ton of St. John's, but from what I have seen, he seems to be the better of the two. Um, He's a couple inches taller. He's a very good shooter, um, better shooter than his brother. Um, So I was excited to get him. I mean, he he really can shoot. I think I think he shot in the forties from three on high volume and he's six, eight and like in a rebounder. So I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm sure, especially, you know, on the doc sixers, let alone any team he might not be, you know, he might not be ready to really step in and play serious minutes, but who knows? I mean, he's a guy who, you know, played multiple years in college and uh, I, I would be excited to see him get a shot in the NBA. I don't think, you know, you're penciling him to the playoff rotation or anything and he's a two-way guy for a reason he was undrafted for a reason but I think he can be a useful player from from what I've seen of him and and from what I've read about him
0: so
1: Emily any thoughts on that guy
2: um not like about his basketball playing but I am on his Instagram oh where I make my money you know um it appears he like his instagram he goes by juju and he also has his own logo and like clothes like kind of like paul reading is out the mud the storm is coming mm. he's got like a jc situation um it's not a bad logo looks good so yeah if you want interested in his merch that's available for you
1: juju as in J E W J E W, or the other one no nope, other one you're kidding me okay don't yeah think but he's i a think member
3: of the be- tribe <laughs> there is that Julian Champagne merch or is that St. John's merch? Because St. No, John's is the Red Storm.
2: Yeah, but it says like JC, and then it says oh, Julian okay. Champagne made gotcha. it at NYC. I think it's like a combo. You know, it's like okay. Julian. It's like his St. John's merch. There it is. Yeah. So you know, I love I love a man that hustles. And do we have any
1: other thoughts uh, on the draft overall? The uh, first overall pick changed very late it seems uh based on consensus it went to Paolo
3: Bancaro as it should have yeah you agree I, think I don't so. know anything about these I guys. haven't seen a ton of any of them but from what I've seen I think so great, I great mean, suit Paulo, yeah crazy suit Paulo's the kind of guy who I watch and sometimes I'm like huh like I feel like he's like He's he's like a good athlete, but he's like he's just like good at a lot of things, and he doesn't like stand out at a ton of things. To me, I like I don't watch a ton of these guys, but then I remember he's six ten, and it's like, huh, like if he could just go from good to great, at like a few of these things, and be like six ten, and like the way he like, you know, you know, handles the ball very well for his size, and you know, I think he was he's just the best bet with that fit. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: what were there other real? you know like john collins stayed in atlanta for now but it seems like he's for sure yeah, and they leave. thought uh
3: brogdon was going to get traded too and that didn't happen brogdon didn't happen yet the DeJonte um, murray trade which isn't like a shocker but that had been talked about
1: right uh actually jake fisher just tweeted out friend of the pod jake fisher just tweeted san antonio and atlanta remain engaged on trade conversations regarding a larger deal centered around Dejounte murray and john collins um so we'll see what happens on that um But uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Sixers made that trade. And uh, going into draft night, Keith Pompey was writing that, um, let me pull this up, that essentially the Sixers are trying to acquire Eric Gordon, who's on the Rockets, and using Matisse Thibel as an asset, even attempting to get a third team to participate. The Trailblazers are willing to do a straight-up deal for Thibel. Um, uh, uh Daryl Morey wants the Blazers to do a three-team deal in order to get Gordon. So the Sixers, then after the draft happens, obviously the Sixers do the D'Anthony Melton deal. Um, Keith writes a story after that and says, sources say that, uh, Daryl Morey is still trying to acquire Gordon despite being unsuccessful on Thursday night. Now the math is really hard for the Sixers to get Gordon at this point because Danny was really their only mid-sized contract. Um, and the only real way to do this would really be a Tobias deal. Houston obviously wouldn't really want Tobias, but he would have to go someplace else. Like Eric Gordon's a good player and would help the Sixers, but he's another guard. And then they're really small. Like I'm I'm all for trading Tobias, certainly, but they do get really small and they already sucked at rebounding. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about PJ, uh, I believe after the break, but what do you think about Eric Gordon overall, like as a sixer and, and their like continued pursuit even after doing the Melton deal, Emily?
2: Um, I mean, I guess it's fine. I'm fine with it. I don't know. I mean, I they just need more pieces and I would hate my only hesitance in like a PJ or an Eric Gordon deal is like. Yeah, they would have to get off Tobias, and that's fine. And if it's, like, him for Tobias and one other player, like, I just don't want to give up eight players, and I'm exaggerating, but, like, many players for one player, because Mm -hmm. what I think we need more than anything is depth. And to trade a bunch of players for one player that may be better than a lot of those players, I don't know that that necessarily gets us where we need to be. Like, I think that the key here is to, like, find those players like on the margins and those diamonds in the rough and those players that are going to take a leap this year and I know that's really hard to do but that's why that's what Daryl's job is
1: (laughs) no and so you bring that up and the other way to Gordon's number is like 20 I think this year his contract is like something like that so the other option to get to his contract 19.5 you're right closer to 20 is well vindicated the other way to get there is to do like Korkmaz, Theibel, and Isaiah Joe, like, like cobbled together four guys to get to Eric Gordon. And that doesn't feel that productive to me is like, you trade all of these young guys, including Matisse, who should have positive value, just to get this like 6'2 guard who is good and, and is, you know, more helpful than all of those guys. But all of a sudden you have like 12 guys on the roster and another 6'2 guy. Um, and only seven
2: of them can like actually play. That's what I don't want
1: <laughs> for sure. Um, but the Tobias thing is more interesting to me. As long as you can have a starting forward in there and not get killed on rebounds, uh, and you get out of the Tobias deal, and I also just think that they need to shake it up uh, in terms of that sort of core group of pieces. So um, I'm interested in Eric Gordon. He had a great year last year in terms of shooting the ball. He's always been a really prolific shooter. And he drove the ball great last year. Um, I was I was a little surprised when it, once I saw we got Melton. I sort of thought that he would turn his gaze elsewhere. When I saw the report, by the way, that they're pursuing PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. I like both of them, but I was like Daryl, like, can we maybe shake the snow globe a little bit and like think of some other ideas? Um, and then they got Melton. Now Daryl drafted Melton, but Melton's a more creative way to certainly use Danny, who I, I was shocked that he could make that trade. Um, so, Dan, what do you think about Eric Gordon uh, as a Sixers just in general?
3: Yeah, I, I I like Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's thirty four, and you know I get that, and he has what he two years left on his deal. Um, he's yeah, I think the next
1: one might be non guaranteed, so it might just okay. be this one you're really.
3: About. Um, I mean, if you're trading, if you're making this much of an effort to trade for him, you're hoping that you want him for that second year. Um, but yeah, I mean he you know, he it was very good going to the basket and he's, he's actually been like an all around very good offensive player for like a couple of years now. Like not that he wasn't a, a useful player in general when he was younger, but like offensively, and I can't say I've seen a ton of raucous games, but, you know, the numbers have, have been pretty impressive from him, uh, especially in the offensive, offensive end of the floor. But, you know, I just, I, I can't really wrap my head around You have Tyrese Maxey, you have James Harden, you just got the Anthony Melton. So now he's your fourth guard and really you have shake. So now shake becomes your fifth guard shake, who was like pretty playable in the playoffs, I would say. So you're going to have five guards on the roster, but no, I'm sorry. Five guards, like five rotation worthy guards on the roster, even, and I in a vacuum, right. I kind of like the, like, okay, Tobias and like a pick or something get off of, um his contract to a third team send Matisse to like the Blazers who then send a pick to the Rockets right and the Rockets send us Gordon and going from Tobias and Matisse to Gordon gets us way under you know the apron and now we have the full MLE and we sign Tucker and we're basically getting like Gordon and Tucker for Matisse and Tobias and we're off the to Tobias like I'm fine with that like it's not super exciting. I would prefer something more creative, but I don't like hate it necessarily. Um, but it still doesn't like who is the three on this? Team? Who's the starting three on this team? Like
0: right.
3: who and even so Tucker's now your four and Tucker's six six. And mm-hmm. like I I don't know if you can go this small. I mean, and Harden's a good rebounder, right? Maxi isn't. Um Tucker is especially for his size, um, but again, six six. Melton's like, a very good rebounder, but like, but he's what six, are those two. rebounds, right? Exactly. And, and and you still don't have a you just don't have a real wing on the team, right? Like, like Maxi, Gordon, Harden, um, Shake, and um, Melton are guards. And Tucker's not really Tucker's not a wing. Tucker is he's small, but he's a forward. Like he's he's a four. And, obviously, Embiid, like, I mean, you're going to start Korkmaz? Like, you're, you're not going to start Corkmaz. You traded Green. You're probably, if you're getting Gordon, you're probably trading Matisse, which, like, great, sounds, I would love it. But, like, who who is your three on the scene? Isaiah Joe, if he's still there, I guess. He seems not ready at all. Um, and so, y- your other option, then, is, you know, Harden is 6'5 and becomes your third-tallest player. And your fourth tallest player is 6'6, right? Like if you're gonna start three guards. I I don't I don't know exactly. I I, I don't think there's an easy answer, especially if you're gonna use the full MLE on, on on Tucker, like that's your shot. Um, and so I would actually be excited if to get off of Tobias, they got a three. I don't know who that is. Um, but someone that you can pencil into the starting lineup who's not another guard, as much as I do like Gordon. Because then, especially if they're a bigger guard, like if you could get like a, like a, uh, I'm mean, I'm not saying this player is necessarily easy to come by, but like a six eight wing, who you're gonna put at the three? Tucker's only six six. You put him at the four, but then you have a taller three. Like that makes me feel a lot better about about where this team is at, especially after watching them get killed on the glass all season and in the playoffs when it was like so demoralizing and it just felt like they would quit and, and lose out on these rebounds. So. I mean, part of that is an attitude change, a culture change, right? Like, I think maybe Tucker helps with that. But yeah, I don't know about Gordon at this point. With with all of these other guards, I just don't know if that's. It's not that I wouldn't want to have him. Like, I think he's a good player. I just worry about that allocation of resources.
2: Yeah, it's also very funny if this happens and the Sixers become like a very small team. When just like three years ago they were the biggest team and everyone was like, this team is so huge, like maybe this will work and it didn't. And then it'll be like, this team is so small, and then Joel is a giant, and it probably also won't work. (laughs) God forbid we are like just like normal and do something where everything is evenly allocated. You have to
3: pick a direction and go too far with it. That is part of
2: basketball. Just Sixers basketball, actually.
0: All
2: right,
1: we're gonna take a break. And then we're going to come back and talk more about Tucker and exactly like what the reports are with him and then talk about the Nets and how Kyrie wants to come to Philly um, and, uh, and uh, other shit that is happening. And Michael Rubin, here's a break We're back. All right. So the P.J. Tucker rumors happened because he opts out of his contract, which is like $7.5 million with Miami. Um, and then pretty quickly, uh, Brian Windhorst says that the Sixers are in on P.J. Tucker. Keith says that the Sixers are pursuing P.J. Tucker, and, and they're shopping Matisse and other guys to clear space to get access to the full $10 million exception to sign him. Um, uh, Woj echoes that um mark stein says that they're going to be pursuing him heavily at first um and then he says as recently as today we're recording this on sunday um stein says uh numerous rival teams meanwhile say that with even more conviction uh now than they did last week when i first reported it that uh, they expect P.J. Tucker to land in Philadelphia on a three-year, $30 million deal in free agency. Um P.J. is 37, of course. Now, he also said within this report that he expects Harden to opt into his contract um, and then extend for two years. Now, Harden opting in would make it really hard for the Sixers to um, have access to that full exception, unless they trade Matisse and Corkmaz um, and Shake and, and like a bunch of their lower salary guys and take back basically no money or unless they trade Tobias for less money. You know what I mean? Like that's basically it. Like you dump Tobias and take back lesser contracts um, now, you can, you can trade Tobias and get guys that help, you know, get good guys, because Tobias's contract is so, I'm just saying in theory, you can trade <laughs> Tobias and get guys with real contracts, but if you trade to buy, uh, Matisse and Korkmaz and Shake, those guys' contracts are so small that you basically need to dump them and get nothing if you want to make room for, for P.J. Tucker. Now, Tom Moore and uh, I think Keith and, and other people, maybe not Keith, but Tom Moore and uh, Kyle Newbeck and... Paul Hudrick, like other people have said they are not doing that. They're not dumping guys like Matisse and and like, they're just, they're not looking to do that. So all of this points to them trading Tobias, that they have a Tobias deal that they like that will enable them to have this exception and sign PJ to this three-year $30 million deal. So it's like, that seems like a fucking lot of money for for PJ over three years when he's going to be a 40-year-old person at the end of it. Uh, if that third year is real, if that third year is not like a Fugazi, like, you know, fake third year. Um, but also, I'd love to get out from the Tobias thing. You know, I've, I've, I'm have i pretty good on the Tobias experience at this point. Um, but are we just trading him into somebody's space for nothing? Because I do think that they need an actual forward in, in the NBA. So I guess I'm waiting and seeing at this point, but it does make me think that there's a lot more – you know, at play here. Emily, how do you feel about P.J. overall? Um, it, Joel named him literally in the post, uh, post-game conference after uh, game six. Like, he was like, we've never had a guy like P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, Stein mentioned that this has the support of Joel, you know, like them going and getting P.J. Tucker. So I'm sure that plays a part in it. Um, but it, it does seem like there's a lot that would have to take place in order for them to sign him to that contract. So how do you feel?
2: Yeah. I just think it's funny. Like you said, like Joel mentioned him. And so they're like, Oh, Joel says, they've never had a guy like PJ Tucker. Let's get PJ Tucker. Yeah, well, listen, it's right there in the quote. What do you <laughs> want it? Um, God forbid we like try and find someone who's not 37, <laughs> but who has the same qualities. That'd be cool. Um, but like all in all, yeah, I think it would be great. Like I just get fearful when people are 37 years old and then they're, you know bodies are older and they get hurt and then the things that they you kind of brought them in for to be that like aggressive kind of catalyst on your team you know does the fire go out in year 38 39 a little bit like potentially um I also think it's a lot of money but it seems like that's like what his value is on the market right now um but yeah I'm fine with it if we're getting off to bias for it it just seems like that they are saying like it's kind of a lot of the reporting seems like they're saying it's kind of inevitable that he's coming here but it seems like like you said a lot of things need to take place first and if the time you know things in this league change so fast so unless that all that other stuff is like already lined up to happen um then I think that there's a lot of room for changes between now and then well, part of it is just math.
1: Like, like, so if if Harden is opting in, which every single report says that he is, they only have the as of now they only have the six million dollar exception. Tucker isn't opting out of seven and a half to sign for six million in Philly and, and leave Miami, where he seemed like a great fit with what they were doing. And everybody says he's getting this three thirty. So he, we have no access to that. So either they're trading a bunch of these younger guys, including Matisse, who should, like I said, have good value, and I don't think they're just dumping him, um, or they have a Tobias deal. So uh, then what do you think? And also what do you think about just like PJ in general?
3: Well, I mean, I like um, like PJ Tucker. I think that, you know, that kind of... um, that kind of attitude that, you know, hopefully he brings here because sometimes people come here and, you know, we don't know what to expect, but it's needed, right? A guy who's, you know, will, while well, he it's funny in the, in the Sixers, in the Sixers Heat series, he really only shot threes in Miami. It's very bizarre. That's um, true. He was very hesitant. I don't have numbers for this, but I just remember him being very hesitant to shoot in Philly um so something of the fortune, to maybe who knows uh no but yeah he uh I mean in theory is a guy who you know can shoot a decent percentage from three um will shoot them uh I think it's still like legitimately a, a very good defender um especially you know I think he's you know he's a guy who you know he's not a Robert Covington he's not a he, he's not a he's just not as good but he, he's also not not like a you know, play free safety and, and try to get in passing lanes and, and stuff like that. He's, he's been good when, when you tell him, especially like in a playoff series, like this is our biggest problem, go guard him as best you can. And I honestly don't think the Sixers have anyone like that. I mean, Matisse isn't that. Matisse isn't that. Ben was that, right? But Ben was that on a max contract and, you know, struggled in other areas. I don't expect him to be nearly as good of a defender as Ben, obviously, but I think he's that, that kind of, you know, go play your best defense on this one guy type of defender. Um, He won't be as good as Ben on defense, but the Sixers don't have that guy. Like there was no one to really throw it at Jimmy. Um, And I don't think that he would have shut down Jimmy by any means, but I think, you know, maybe those, maybe those 40 point games or 30 point games you know what I mean? Maybe there's maybe there's one stinker thrown in there from Jimmy. Who knows? But like, you know, something that's more helpful than what they had. Mm-hmm. He played really good defense on Durant when he was on the Bucks uh when the Bucks eventually went on to uh to win the championship that year. Um he was he was all over Durant. Um and so yeah, I like in theory, I like this. I like this idea, but I'm really interested to see how they get there because I still don't you forget about all of the subtracting you have to do to get him. I think if you even if you were able to just add him on, that's still not like a finished product. Right. That's not a finished. And we know Daryl is not afraid to go into a season without the team being a finished product. And he's not afraid to try to make his moves in season, which I hate by the way, because I mean there's no the Sixers play with no chemistry in the playoffs. And like there's like kind of it's almost a waste like you know they made this big move in year and we're never going to be ready but it is what it is and that's how he is so i you know he might not view this as a situation where they have to be finished product and i just don't think that this makes them one I so i'm i'm interested to see what else happens but in, in general I, I mean i would like to pick him up
1: yeah um yeah we'll see i mean lots of it all it really sounds like he's coming here uh, i'm the i'm more I'm more interested to see how exactly they're gonna make that happen because uh it's uh as of now they can't. So uh it seems like somewhat of a foregone conclusion that they're going to. Um the Nets are a disaster. So the Nets are really, really having a hard time. Uh Shams reported that uh Let's see where it started. Kyrie Irving and the Nets are at an impasse in conversations about his future in Brooklyn, clearing the way for uh, the seven-time All-Star to consider the open market. Um, now, Kyrie wants a full max, and the Nets are uh, not willing to do that because he doesn't play basketball that often. Um, he, he didn't get the vaccine last year, so he didn't play basketball uh, very much uh first they told him to stay away because he would be a part-time player and then they said well who cares and they brought him in as a part-time player and then the city of new york uh just sort of let him play um now he wants a full max the nets are not interested in doing that now the other layer to this is that he and kd are best friends and that if Kyrie walks um elsewhere either via sign and trade or does not opt into his player option and just signs someplace else outright. It sounds like Kevin Durant is going to say, uh, trade me, I'm out of here. Because then he's just looking around at Ben Simmons and Bruce Brown or Ben Simmons and uh, Alex Subers. And he's like, no, thank you.
3: He's still a six. He's still with the Sixers, by the way. Yeah,
1: but still he's around. <laughs> uh, and he and he's just like, I absolutely do not want to be here anymore. Um, so yeah, it it sounds like uh, that uh, you know uh, Sham said Kevin Durant is monitoring the, ben- the Brooklyn Nets situation and considering options with his future this now opens a path for Kyrie Irving to proceed on finding a new home via opt-in and trade Woj comes in and says if Kyrie Irving can't reach an agreement to stay with Brooklyn he has a list of teams now listen whenever you have a list of teams it means you fucking want to get out of there <laughs> like you're never giving a list of teams and then like fully planning to resign list of teams that uh, he'd like them to consider on sign and trades, including the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Mavs, and Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, None of those teams have cap space to sign uh, him without the Nets help. Now, you'll remember that (laughs) the Sixers star acquisition in the middle of the season came there in part because he was so mad at Kyrie Irving's decision to not get the vaccine and not play on the team that he was like, fuck this team, I wanna get out of there. Now Kyrie wants to fucking come to Philadelphia. It's a hilarious turn of events. Um, Then uh, let's see, Uh, Woj said on ESPN, the only team with actual interest on Kyrie's list are the Lakers. The Clippers, Mavs, and Sixers are out. And Miami has shown very little interest. Curry um, is an incredible player, but he has played a full season. I don't actually know when uh, it was because he has been so in the wind for so long. Um, listen, he has had different causes. Some of them have been legitimate, and and he has had actual good, like, like legit things to say about things that I think people should listen to him for. Most recently, he's been batshit out of his mind with this vaccine shit. Um, I don't, I don't want him because I think you cannot rely on him whatsoever for anything. Um, most importantly, basketball. Um, and I think that we would have to like pay him to play basketball here um I also think that the Nets would literally never just hand him to Philadelphia if he has a list of teams seven teams long (laughs) like you know if there's seven teams he's happy to go to they're not giving the second guy over to Philadelphia and I also think that James Harden would probably have a conniption if they you know send somebody over here so uh yeah no it's a it's a no thank you for me on the Kyrie situation personally um Incredible player and, and in my weaker moments with the Ben situation, I absolutely would have done it. Um, but currently I'm good. No thank you. Emily, what do you think? I mean, this is a moot point because the Sixers are evidently not interested. Um, but I do think it's hilarious that you would like to come to Philadelphia. But what do you think?
2: Yeah, I also just like want to know how that conversation went with like, I don't know, does Kyrie have an agent? Does he represent himself? I'm not sure good question not sure but um just like he's like I'm so miserable like I'll I'll go and play with James Harden again in Philadelphia like <laughs> this place sucks that much I'm not interested in playing here yeah. um but yeah no thank you on the Kyrie train uh he can go wherever, wherever else his heart desires that'll be fine with me
3: and I mean I'd say Kyrie Irving like <laughs> I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade Maxi for him he's obviously. desperate
2: Dan's desperate um, no, I mean,
3: listen, if it's like a, if you if you ask Harden, he's like, whatever, and and you have like, and this would never be the case, but like, if it's truly like, you know, the price is low and it's like Matisse in a first and you get off with Tobias and it's like something like that for for Irving in a sign and trade, like, yeah, I would do that, right? Because it's like, okay, you're giving Matisse. And give him the full max? You give him five-year max? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at, I don't know. Because I'm at the point where I only need to like so many players on this team. They're not going to, they're not just like, they're not going to, they're not going to win four championships. I would be thrilled if they did everything they could to win one. Now there's, I I can't stand everything Kyrie's done. And I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I don't think it's okay. But at the same time, like he's going to be on some team either way. And like, I, I just want Embiid to win. Like, I don't need to like all the guys on the team. I, I, just, I, just need, I just need Joel Embiid to get a championship. No one will remember it as the Kyrie championship. It'll be the Joel Embiid championship. And I don't know. That he makes the team so much. He's so good. And he's, when he plays, he's still like a top 15 player in the league.
1: He hasn't even had a good playoffs
3: in so long, though. He well, was just terrible
1: in this one. He was terrible in the one before. Well, the, no, you know. he
3: was playing fine in, in last year's before he got hurt. He was terrible in this one, yeah. But last year, he hurt his ankle. But he was... The, the, the Nets. Boston one, when he left, he was atrocious. But the, the, the Nets were... No one was beating the Nets last year. I mean, the Nets were up 2-0 on the Bucks and killed them both games. You and said, that was without Harden. That was with That's Harden true. getting hurt right away. That right. was just KD and Kyrie. Right. Kyrie was that good and then he that's hurt true. his ankle so I do think he's still really really good like like yeah I, I don't I, I don't have any issue saying that he's a top 15 player when he's not doing all the other stuff when he plays and I think this year he was just not in basketball shape because he wasn't playing all year which like is his own fault I'm not trying to like, yeah. use it like if he's going to play every day here which I get that's an if because he's like kind of a weirdo but like when the risk is Tobias and Matisse, who is also not vaccinated, that's a big part yeah. of it too. It's like one anti-vaxxer out, another in, right? Like that's the four, like one at a time here. But like, <laughs> I don't really see the, I don't really see like the, okay, the risk is like, okay, if if you're, if you're telling me we're getting off Tobias, then like the risk of Kyrie is kind of whatever. And because that he'll at least be like tradable to someone in a way Tobias isn't, because he's at least has the on-court talent. And then like, yeah, the vaccine thing sucks, but like, if you're getting off Matisse in the process, it's kind of a wash to me. And so, like, I don't need him to be that likable. I just need Joel to win and him to not be like the worst person in the world. It's like, he's not like the worst person in the world. He didn't like kill someone. No, there are worse guys in
1: the NBA, that's for sure. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like Kyrie, but like, yeah, he's really good, and I want the Sixers to win. And like, I'm just gonna be honest about it. I'm not gonna be like a hypocrite and like say that like. Oh, any like you know, it, it's easy to take a stand when the Sixers have said that they're not going to sign him anyway. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Right? right. Yeah, I would be excited if they got Kyrie Irving for like a, a, a throne throw to. If like the Nets somehow were like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll take Tobias and a sign and trade and like Matisse and everything. like yeah, I'd be thrilled. It's not gonna not gonna not gonna be the case, but yeah, that, that'd be awesome to me. Like I don't know, I would. God, that. I wonder what Joel would say. And honestly, maybe them being out is Joel saying, "Fuck that." Honestly, like uh, if J- I don't know, maybe there's your answer.
1: Maybe, maybe if Joel wanted him,
3: they would be but it. Daryl really wasn't interested in Kyrie, sure. During the Ben situation, which I thought maybe I thought Darryl... at the time I thought it was a mistake, right? I thought that was a dream, a dream get to, to be able to get Kyrie out of that. Um, and I mean, at this point, I don't know if Kyrie or Harden is better If if Kyrie is like because we haven't seen Kyrie play a full season and. He's played really well when he's when he did his like play every few games thing. But Harden has too. Harden's played really well when he's had time off. Right. Like, I don't know if they're both just getting really old. I don't know what it is. But like Kyrie looked good when he before he was playing regularly. So I don't know if he's not in shape or if he's just old now and needs time off. But like he had great moments this season. Like great, great moments, like super high-scoring games.
1: Um uh, are
3: there any other players
1: that you want, that you have your eye on via trade or free agency as uh, the league year opens uh, this week um, that you're keeping your eye on? There are the Martin twins running around. There are Gary Harris, who I'm interested in. Uh, uh, Jackson Frank wrote about him recently. Um, I, I'm fine with them not signing a backup center. So we can see friend of the show, Eball Paul. Um any anybody, Emily, that that you particularly are interested in?
2: Um not really. Like I'm just interested in new people and new blood and Mm -hmm. something changing on this team, basically. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't need another backup center. We've made moves for all these backup centers way too many times and they don't really work out. We're definitely gonna sign one. And we don't really need one. And because yeah. the you know we've got is DeAndre Jordan still on the team? No, <laughs> well that's good. We can sign him again. They'll sign any him again. minute they'll, now. Yeah. They'll resign him, don't worry. Yeah. That's gonna
3: be the that's gonna be the 601 on June 30th, move. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan back at the he's 30th. getting 330. He's <laughs> that's, that's where the 330. They're where 30. 30. Yeah. You're gonna well, trade to buy so it. they can give it 330.
2: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just I'm just open to like anything and everything. Like I want something new and different and not the same old things that we hear all the time and the same people that we hear all the time so
1: i want something weird
2: i yeah. want it to be like
1: they traded for rodney carney are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me what a name what are the odds i used to love him um of course you did dan, dan, or the high socks dan is there anybody else that uh that you have your eye on uh via trade or free agency right now
3: so i just I just looked, like, at the upcoming free agents on Track. The thing is, I don't know what these guys are going to go for, right? Like, Kyle Anderson is maybe interesting, but, like, I don't know what – I don't know how much he's going to go for. Um, TJ Warren's an unrestricted free agent, has not played in a while. I don't know what his value is, but he'd be interesting. Right. Um, I haven't seen anyone really talk about him, but um, I could have just – He would be in your exception, though. Like, so he – he would probably. I don't think you're getting him on the minimum,
1: so he no. would be right. He's if you don't get PJ,
3: right. Um, yeah. And he's to me. I think. Like, I mean, there's your wing. Right. I'm. I'm not worried about. They don't need. They. 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 In fact, they should not sign a backup set because mm-hmm. Paul Reed should play, and when him or Embiid can't play, Charles Bassey should play, yeah. and there should be no 35 year old given the option to right. play on this team. Those are your backup centers, and you roll with it. And if <clears throat> Tobias is still on the team for some reason next year, and you can't play any of those guys, then Tobias is your small ball five. I th- that's where this team needs to be at. Yeah. EJ Tucker is your small ball five. I don't care. You're not playing. You can't, cannot sign another dinosaur to let Doc play at backup center. Cannot do it under any circumstances cannot happen now if it's Andre Drummond or something it won't be Andre Drum- Andre Drummond's gonna get a nice contract but like a guy like that I even I liked the Dwight signing and I liked I I loved Drummond was phenomenal but I don't think there's a player like that available um but like some of these other guys are just bad I mean a lot of people thought Dwight was just bad I liked Dwight but um you know Drummond was like objectively good in his time here and uh, I really enjoyed having him. And if they can get a player like that, then I'm I'm fine with it. Although, I just don't think they need to. Like, If you can't get a guy like that for the minimum, then just don't. Because B-Ball Paul is ready, and the more he plays, the better impact he'll have. You know, all the things that drive you crazy about B-Ball Paul. it's like, huh, if only I'd gotten a chance to, like, kind of work these things out in any kind of meaningful minutes before two games left in the regular season, like, maybe some of these things aren't there in the playoffs. And so... Right. I think that your best bet is just rolling with him. I don't want to see him sign a backup center. I would love to see them surprise me and, and, uh, and get a wing. Um, I'm not sure how the biannual exception works. If they're going above the apron to use the MLE. Um, I'm not like I haven't read enough into that, but I think that's like a 4 million exception that they do have access to this season under some circumstances. Um, so, I mean, it would be interesting to see who they come away with. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, those are a couple of guys that I think are maybe interesting, but um, we'll have to see. I think more, more likely than not, maybe we see a surprise or something. But Warren's a guy I'd maybe have my eye on. Um, yeah. The, uh,
1: Michael Rubin sold his stake in the Sixers. He sold what, is it, what I think is a 10% stake in the Sixers from Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment Group or whatever. Um, now he's best buddies with Joel Embiid and he's good pals with uh, James Harden. Now so much so that Joel went right to Twitter and wrote him like a like a farewell thing, which is so funny because. The amount of players that have left the Sixers over the years, that Joel did not say a word about on, on social media. But this this minority owner leaves, and, and he does. Um, but they're they're good buddies. They're they're pals. Um, there's there was something. Irone was all over this. Irone um, Weitzman. Uh, there was something about how this will now enable him to help the Sixers even more, because he's no longer constrained by the CBA. Can you guys help explain that? Like, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean that he can, like, give money to
3: Sixers players, like, on the side?
2: He can tamper the shit out of them.
3: Well, not only that, not only can he talk to players around the league um, in a way that, like, he's always been friends with guys around the league, but now he can, you know, say, come play for the Sixers explicitly. I'm not sure that's the pool. So matches, like, Sixers are, um, you know, only have so much to offer to a certain guy and they'll take a lesser contract to come to the Sixers because they get some kind of extra, you know, I mean, it's like the the boosters in college football at this point, right. With the like NIL deals, right. Where it's like, okay, you get some like bizarre, like BS sponsorship from Michael Rubin. You're not getting anywhere else. And it makes financial ses- sense to take less from the actual Sixers team to come play for the Sixers in Philadelphia um, because Michael Rubin is like not just like the owner of the team, like he's a Sixers fan, grew up a Sixers fan. It's like friends with Joel and yeah, um, is still going to be courtside at the games. And so it, yeah, Eve Woad wrote something similar where it's like, basically he can do like legal, legal tampering and like basically work around the CBA for like financial moves now. So whether he actually does that, I don't know. That seems kind of ridiculous to me, but I would love it. That would be awesome.
1: But what's in it for him is that he gets to feel cool.
3: well we know that that's big for him and also um and also i guess you know he is it's crazy because if you gave me whatever 10 billion dollars he has i'd probably use it to make the sixers win too but like but like I, i can't even imagine what to do with that money whereas like he's like this rich guy who lives this crazy lifestyle and uh, people generally don't like just like giving money away to right like, at least you know this isn't like charity this is like to like you know millionaires on million dollar contracts on the sixers people generally don't just like give money but who knows i would love it if he did it it seems a little far-fetched to me
1: <laughs> i hope i hope it Harden signs it three-year 30 million dollar contract
3: because Artem will fit very nicely into the oven. right
1: exactly because <laughs> the remainder of it is being paid off by michael rubin via venmo um all right so we're basically done oh rick ross also wants to buy that steak which uh sure i don't care um I don't know if you guys feel strongly about Rick Ross, but I don't know. Does he still do
2: songs?
3: Yeah. Just be another Kevin Durant's
2: favorite rapper. So then Kevin Durant oh, will come yeah. to oh, the great. Sixers.
3: <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Durant is good. going to be a Sixer. We know this. Yeah. Yeah. Because he loves Joel. He and Joel have a very fun relationship. He, he said Joel was the MVP. He wouldn't draft hard in the All Star draft, but he uh, also loves That was so funny. Also loves PJ Tucker.
1: Yes. They're best friends from a long time. Um, all right. So we're getting out of here, but I want to get some pre- predictions. So you can give me your hard-in prediction, unless we're just all predicting that he opts in and then signs for two more years, which seems like the resounding what everybody is saying. Yes. So give me a Sixers prediction in terms of yeah, anything. They give me somebody they sign or somebody on the roster that they trade uh, this week or or in the uh, in the few days after as the as the league opens. Somebody they sign or somebody they trade. Uh, I give it to you
3: first
2: Emily. Why is it always me first?
3: Never mind I give it to you first Dan. I'm not sure how hot of a take this is at this point but I think Tobias is going to be traded. I think Tobias will be traded. I, I can I'll, I'll say I, th- I think we hear about a Tobias trade like June 30th in the afternoon soon before a free agency opens. To where? Where's he going? I don't know. Call, Detroit? You call your shot. I think he's I'll say Detroit, but I don't know. I'm I think, back to Detroit. I think he's, he's salary dumped somewhere. Um, I think D- Detroit is the kind of I mean, like Detroit just feels like the kind of team it's like, yes, like we have these young guys. Let's get a good like veteran leader in here in okay. Tobias Harris. They, they just feel very they feel very much like that kind of team to me. So love it. I would, uh, I would say it's that. I'm not sure how hot a take it. It is knowing all we know about all the teams thinking Sixers are getting Tucker and knowing um, their path to get him. But I'll say that's my time and place for where he goes, um, since I'm not sure the fact that he's gone at all is that hot at this point. Okay, I like it. Emily?
2: Um, speaking of Detroit, I really like Detroit's draft, and I think they're yes. going to be fun this year. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, I am going to say that the Sixers make a trade and the player, this is off of like just nothing, by the way, the player that's like the, what they get back in the draft is an under 26 year old player. Like, I think they're going to trade for like another young player Ooh. who I don't know, but I'm going to say that, that, and I don't know like who's in the trade, but I, that's my prediction. Okay.
1: All right. I like it.
2: Yeah. So no more old heads. They're going to get like someone else young and fun. Okay. I will say
1: that Lou Dort is going to be a sixer. (laughs) I would but love has, Lou Door to be seen. There's your starting three. It's going to be Blue I would love Lou He's Dourke. a little bit short, but he defends everybody. I'm not sure. Him. And he
2: would work how how for my him. prediction, too. Yeah.
3: Yes, exactly. He would satisfy uh,
2: that prediction as well.
3: I don't know how you get him now that you gave him 23. Maybe that's Matisse and, and the 2020. Well, out. that could be
1: Tobias and a pick because they have all the catch space.
3: I guess. I would love it. <laughs>
1: there you go. All right. Uh, this was fun. Good luck to the Sixers. Um, uh, PJ Tucker, come on the podcast. Dan will talk to you about shoes. Don't you know somebody? Or Drew might know shoes. Drew probably knows. I don't know shoes. If anyone knew know shoes, shoes? Do it be Drew. Somebody wake Drew. Drew, do you know about shoes? Uh,
3: I know that they're, I don't know like the most about shoes. Harrison knows about shoes. You know, Harrison, yeah. you know we also, Harrison, or we could get. Zach Clark to come on at the same time and they could go. talk about shoes. shoes. They could talk about Zach shoes. Zach Clark does right. know about shoes. Zach Clark loves yeah. shoes. All right. Um,
1: good stuff. Um, thanks for listening. Follow the podcast, Gastro Blues Pod, Third and Girl, Steve J. Littman, d Belts 13, YouTube, YouTube, the Gastro Blues Pod, a Sixers show. Um, not right. Thanks for being uh, <laughs> here. Uh, Thank you to Gabrielle for the tea and the ice cream. It was um, very good. Thank you to Rainy for stopping chewing her feet. And uh, we did it. Um, Good stuff. Uh, Be safe and be great.